Hello everyone and welcome back. I'm Savannah, your host, and today we will be talking about the Rwandan genocide. The genocide happened in 1994 in Rwanda, as you can probably tell from the name Rwandan genocide. Rwanda is a small country, about the same size as Maryland, and is located in central eastern Africa. It is bordered by the Dominican Republic of the Congo, Uganda, Tanzania, and Burundi. The economy in Rwanda is overwhelmingly agricultural, and because of that, lots of people live in poverty. 63% of people in Rwanda live in extreme poverty, so the economy has never been very good. But in the years leading up to the genocide, the economy was even worse. There have always been disagreements between the Hutus and the Tutsis, which were the two main groups of people involved in the genocide, and the two main groups that live in Rwanda today. The groups are very similar, both in appearance, language, and culture. But when Belgian colonists came to the country in 1916, they gave the Hutus and Tutsis ID cards to identify and separate them. The Belgian people considered the Tutsis superior to the Hutus, and of course the Tutsi people welcomed this and enjoyed better lives. This, of course, made the Hutus mad. They started rioting against the Tutsis. 20,000 Tutsis were killed, and many fled to neighboring countries. Belgium then gave Rwanda independence in 1962 and the Hutus stepped up to run the country. Over the decades that were to come, the Tutsis were blamed for every crisis. Because of the declining economy, the leader of Rwanda, Juvenile Habamara, was losing popularity. At the same time, the Tutus and some moderate Hutus in the country were forming the RPF, whose plan was to overthrow Habamara and secure their homeland. The RPF, or the Rwandan Patriotic Front, it's a political and military group in Rwanda. Habamara's response to this was to try to utilize the RPF as a way to bring the Hutus back to his side. He accused all Tutsis in the country of being part of the RPF, essentially turning all of the Hutus against the Tutsis. Then, in 1994, Habamaria, along with Burundi's president, Caprine Nitimara, were in a plane, and it was shot down. There were no survivors. No one stepped forward to claim the murder as they're doing, but even so, it added to the turmoil and hate already brewing and pushed the country over the edge. So now that we know some background information on what happened before the genocide, let's get to the genocide itself. There are eight steps to genocide, and this is how the eight steps played out in Rwanda and during the Holocaust, which is one of the first known genocides. The first step is classification which is when groups of people are put into us and them, categories based on ethnicity, race, religion, or nationality by another group. In Rwanda, they were separated into different political and military factions and were separated by the use of ID cards. During the Holocaust, they categorized them as Jews. The second step is symbolism. This is when symbols are applied to groups to make them obvious in public. In Rwanda, the Hutus and Tutsi people had very little difference in appearance. However, the Hutus made the Tutsi people wear ID cards, so it was easy to tell who was who. In the Holocaust, the Star of David was worn by the Jews. The third step is dehumanization. This is when one group rejects the humanness of another group. In Rwanda, they thought of Tutsis as pests, like cockroaches, and dehumanized them by calling them this. They also called them snakes and trees. During the Holocaust, they passed laws to dehumanize and segregate Jews. The fourth step is organization. 
This is when a structure is in place, usually military, to conduct a genocide. In Rwanda, the Hutus conducted planned attack after planned attack on the Tutsis. They had guns shipped in to terrorize the Tutsis. They also put up barriers to herd the Tutsis into one place to kill them. During the Holocaust, the Nazi party planned to overthrow the government and train an army to kill Jews. The fifth step is polarization. This is when propaganda and other methods are used to divide people. In Rwanda, the Hutus used the plane crash as an excuse to blame the Tutsis. They then put out hate radio stations that called upon Hutus to go and murder their neighbors and gave them the sufficient information to do so. During the Holocaust, the Nazis made propaganda to portray Jews as rats and taught children anti-Semitic slurs and ideas in the classroom. The sixth step is preparation. This is when people are identified and separated out as different by ethnicity, race, religion, or nationality. In Rwanda, the Hutus identified and separated out the Tutsis with the ID cards that were previously given out. This is similar to the Nazis forcing Jews to live in ghettos during the Holocaust. The seventh step is extermination. This is when mass killing of people who are seen as lesser than human occurs. In Rwanda, when the signal was given, the Intermami and other Hutus put in motion their plan attacked on the Tutsis. They attacked the Tutsis with machetes and guns. The genocide lasts for 100 days, and 800,000 Tutsis and moderate Hutus were killed. This is similar to when the Nazis killed Jews through shootings and gas chambers during the Holocaust. The eighth and final step of genocide is denial. This is when the people responsible for the genocide deny it occurred by intimidating witnesses and destroying evidence. Um, in Rwanda, the UN denied that the genocide was happening while it was ongoing. During the Holocaust, people today and then still deny it happened. While all this was happening in Rwanda, the U.S. watched with horror. Some say the U.S. knew that the Hutus were going to carry out this genocide, but didn't feel the need to intervene. At the time, the U.S. had just pulled troops out of Somalia, and had just vowed not to enter into a conflict it didn't understand. The U.S. had no national interest in Rwanda, and because of this vow, they chose to not intervene in what was happening in Rwanda. But, when the newspaper articles start coming out in America after the genocide was over, everyone was shocked, including the president. No one knows if this is because they actually were shocked or if they just decided to stay out of conflict by choice and knew about it the entire time. So, after all the hate and killing that happened in Rwanda, Rwandans needed to be healed. They needed something that could bring them together, something to encourage love and peace between the people. We found someone who is helping to do just that. Andre Masaga is the director of a radio station soap opera that is broadcasted over Rwandan's radios. Luckily, we had the chance to speak with him about the work that he's doing. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, we heard about the work that you've been doing in Rwanda to help to bring the people back together. Yes. My team and I have been working very hard to help the Rwandan people find reconciliation after the horrific events that plagued their country. So, what exactly are you doing? Well, since hate radio was used during the Rwandan genocide, we wanted to take what most of the people think is hateful and turn it into something that is positive. 
We wanted to take the hate radio and make it into something that brings people together and that spreads love. We chose to use a soap opera to do that through. So what is the soap opera about? And how did you get the message you wanted out through the soap opera? Well, the soap opera is about two star-crossed lovers from rival ethnic groups. It is about their lives. We want to convey a bunch of ideas through the soap opera. The three main ideas are violence evolves slowly, bystanders matter, and when people form close relationships with other groups, it provides a barrier to dampen hostility. Why exactly did you choose a soap opera in the first place? There are many other ways you could have presented this information. Well, this type of soap opera is embedded in our country culture and it was an easy way of getting it out to people without just stating it outright also people are very interested in love so they could connect with it they can find something to unite them well thank you very much for taking for talking with us today andre we appreciate the work you're doing to help the rwandan people thank you for letting me talk about this and there you have it folks thanks for listening to the truth be told